0: Hello again, as you may or may not know, I am Eli the Computer Guy, and INE has invited me down to their offices down here in Durham, North Carolina to interview real IT and networking professionals. Today I'm here with Charles Stizza, customer support engineer at Cisco Systems. That's right, I'm glad that you took the time to interview me. Yeah, so tell me, what is a customer support engineer at Cisco Systems? Sure,
1: yeah, so this is, I mean, most people in the industry know this as tech, Okay, so yeah, yeah. that's we, we basically we are the uh, support for you know whatever product line uh, that Cisco has. You know, for example, uh, if you buy a support contract for your Nexus switch, yeah. um, you're going to get support from us here in RTP. Actually, we have several teams, obviously, but our local team here uh, we support. Um, I not we support the Nexus switching line, so things like seven K, five K, three K, that sort of thing. So, okay.
0: so when you say TAC, what does TAC mean?
1: Uh, so it's actually uh, technical assistance center, I think, is what it stands for. So okay, yeah. uh, it's just basically, you know, anything that you're doing with that switch, uh, you know, protocol-wise. Well, we have several teams. Like we have teams that support routing protocols on it, but right. our team is we're considered the platform team. Okay, okay. So for example, if you're configuring OSPF on your 7K yeah. and you need some help with that, you would go to our routing protocols team. But if there's some issue with that, let's mm-hmm. say we have a hardware misprogram, it's something that's specific to that platform. Yeah. You would work with us, you know, okay. and, and of course, you know, problems that customers have aren't just hey I can't configure it. Is usually they have it configured correctly, yeah. but it's still broken. You know, so that's kind right. of kind of where we come into play. It's things that are things that break that yeah. really shouldn't break. So that's, that shouldn't break. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So then you have you have about ten years experience, right? Ish. Yeah, it's, it's eleven. Yeah, eleven-ish. 11. Yeah, yeah, let's call it's called <laughs> around eleven. Yeah, sure. Sure. Let's call it even fifty. We'll just call it. Even 50. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just no problem. Man. <laughs> So, okay, so you started on your resume, your first thing here is a logistics coordinator at Smithway Motor Express. Yeah. So how do you go from supervisor of regional dispatch? Because this is a real job. So like a lot of people we interview, their first job is, I worked at McDonald's. And so you go, oh, okay, so if you were a bartender, it's obvious how you go Cisco, or whatever. But like, if you're already a supervisor of regional dispatch operations, Pretty decent. How do you go from that to getting into technology?
1: Sure, great question. So yeah. when I graduated from college, I needed a job. I, and I, I'll be honest, I, You know, I'll, in the interest of candor, yeah. I didn't have like this vision, oh, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. I really did not know what I wanted to do when I got out of school. Okay. I didn't really care, I just wanted to make, I, just wanted, I knew I needed to have a job, right? That's right. all. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went out, I got I got my parchment, my diploma in hand, oh, uh, yeah. Bachelor of Science, and I uh, got a job, right? Okay, I just yeah. went out. I just went around and, and found a job. Yeah. who was hiring, and I had been working uh, part-time at school in trucking, that's all I knew. My dad was a mechanic, and okay. my, my grandfather was a mechanic, and so we knew trucking, so yeah. that's what I did. I, I went to a truck company that saw, oh, you have you know, have a little education, so we think you'd be a good dispatcher. Okay. And so I did that for about four years, yeah, yeah. and it was decent pay. And um, that's in a nutshell, that's why I went there. Okay, yeah. But, you know, because I, I think what you're getting at here is well, what made you transition to IT? Yeah. Very simple. I just got bored. I just got bored. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was not intellectually satisfying. Okay. There's so much more to employment than getting a good paycheck, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And once you, once you work something that you realize, hey, you know, the money's good, the benefits are good. But boy, when I'm sitting at my desk from nine to five, and I'm just not satisfied with what I'm doing. Yeah. You, really, it's, it's it's a terrible feeling, you know. So, yeah. so I, I said I need to do something that I could transi- transition to something that I think I would like. And, and I, I thought about IT for a few years, but I, I thought at the same time, boy, I, I never could do that. You know, I didn't have much confidence. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah. I really one day just said I need to I need to do this. Yeah. I need to make a jump. And so I literally quit, and uh, just made a. Kind of, you know, a plan to get into IT. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what I did was, is I got my A plus certification. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, after getting that certification, yeah. I did my Network Plus certification. Okay. And then I I got an entry level IT job. So that's how I, that's how I transitioned. So
0: okay. you quit before you even had anything.
1: I did something that you should never do: <laughs> is I quit really? my job.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Before I had another job, and you know, your your dad says that you know you you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you hear yeah, this all the time: yeah, yeah, yeah. never quit your job. But but I was so frustrated. Yeah. And I was just, um, I needed to make <clears> just a quick change. <laughs> so yeah, I, I made that jump. And my concern at the time, I wasn't thinking about money. Yeah. I was thinking, can I get to a, a job that will make enough money that I like doing? Mm-hmm. And so
0: that's what I did. Yeah. So, so deciding on the A plus and the net plus, did somebody give you that advice? Did you just hear the radio and hear, oh, they told me to go A plus? Because like, that's the thing, is, that's the problem. So everybody says, I want to get into IT, but then how do you do it? So what was what was, what was the actual like? What, were you given advice, or how did you decide to go on that path?
1: Yeah, sure. So the A plus and CompTIA, who you know offers that that that's yeah. their certification. Um, it was really word of mouth in the industry. You know, people yeah. that I, that I knew were in the industry. Ah, okay. That it was kind of a well known entry level. Certification, it yeah. was attainable. Now, yeah. I knew about, for example, the CCIE, yeah. and I knew that wasn't where I was at, so it wasn't even like an option. That I didn't care about that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. what I wanted to do, it was kind of twofold. I wanted to get some knowledge, yeah. but instead of just kind of reading books or you know tearing apart computers, I wanted to have something to show for it. Okay. So I felt that the A plus and the Network plus were a good fit for that.
0: Okay, cool, cool. So okay, then let's kind of start at the beginning then. So so from Summit University, you were in Pennsylvania, right? Right. Um, and I notice you don't say what your bachelor's degree is.
1: Actually, my, my bachelor's is just a bachelor's degree. And there's a, it's a long, convoluted story, <laughs> story behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of actually used to be a Bible college. It's actually called Baptist Bible College. Okay. And they upgraded or whatever, they, they recertified or whatever you call it, to a university. So all the degrees transition to just bachelors. Okay. So that's, that's the story behind it. So I, my, officially, my bachelor's degree is, is nothing. But the classes I took were in theology, uh, Bible, philosophy, uh, but I didn't have, I didn't actually have a major, believe it or not.
0: Huh, interesting. So then, okay, so then you did go get your master's, but we'll talk about that later, because that's mm-hmm. 2010. Mm-hmm. But then that's where, trying to do the math here, because 2010's when you get your master's, but in 2005, you're an adjunct instructor at Wilbur Wright College.
1: Great, great observation. So, I got my first IT job, yeah. this, is, this is a funny story. Okay. So I I went to Wilbur Wright College to take my A-plus certification, right? You know, you have to go to a, I think it's Pearson or whatever the, you know, I forget the, whoever, uh, Pearson view I think it is, that they were. So I went to take the certification, and I passed the exam, right, and I was was pumped. (laughs) And as I'm walking out, one of the administrators says, hey, he's like, have have I seen you around here before? I'm like, nope, nope. And she's like, well, where did you, take your A plus classes. And I said, well, I didn't take classes. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just studied, you know, I, I got a book and I studied for two, three weeks and I, and I had some you know, knowledge of it. Yeah. And she said, you know, we have, we have an A plus class here and we can't get our students to pass the exam. Would you be willing to teach our class for us? Uh, this is a true, 100% true story. <laughs> Would you be willing to our, teach our class? You know, and I'm, okay. on the inside I'm thinking, like, this isn't real because I just passed this, and you want me to teach it? Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I thought, well, you know, I mean, I did pass it, so I guess if they can't pass it, I'm qualified. Mm. So, you know, of course, I'm not going to say no. So, so this was actually a part-time job I got okay. teaching yeah, at, 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 at the community college there in Chicago, yeah. So, and uh, I taught that for several years, part-time, concurrently to my full-time
0: role. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Um, so then you got to Chicago. So was there any interesting story between Pennsylvania and Chicago? Like
1: I actually am originally from Northeast Ohio, Youngstown. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I, I went to school in Northeast Pennsylvania. So I actually was technically when I was done from school, I relocated back to Ohio. Okay. Yeah. But then the company I was with moved their office to Chicago. Actually, they closed our Ohio office. So that's that's really how I transitioned to Chicago. Was uh, through the. Uh, the logistics company, okay. and by the way, they're not in the business anymore, so.
0: Okay, so so then the the help desk job, or your first job, that's the special agent at Geek Squad. So I
1: was actually with uh, Geek Squad, I'm sure you've heard of them, and uh, worked for Geek Squad. <laughs> let me explain something, let me explain <laughs> Did I want to work for Geek Squad? Like, was it like my dream? Absolutely not, but you know, mm-hmm. one thing I learned, one thing I learned, mm-hmm. in all seriousness, yeah. is that you cannot think of any job that you're better than, you know what I mean? You yeah. you have to really, you know, if it's someone's offering you a job, yeah. You cannot be th- have the mentality, I'm gonna go there, you know, I'm better than this, but I'm gonna do it and kind of just as all I can get and always kind of like have your nose. I, I think that's the worst approach. So, yeah. my approach was this is what I have now, yeah. and I'm gonna work this to the best of my ability. Yeah. I'm gonna do the best job I can. And I have found when you make those investments, I mean, you're investing in your reputation, yeah. right? Yeah. You invest in reputation, you get promoted very quickly. Hmm. And okay. so, I went from, and I'll, I'll use specific numbers, I mean, you know, I don't mind. I was hired there, I think, at thirty-two thousand dollars, which yeah. I mean is not fabulous money, but within two years I was making double that, yeah, right? Okay. So I mean, so you know, just you know, case in point, yeah. you just put your head down, you have a good work ethic, you invest in your, you know, by investing in your reputation, you're investing in yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so and also, other certifications I did at the time. And so yeah, so yeah, I worked that job. It w- was it humbling to wear a little black tie? Yeah, absolutely. And I, actually, I still have my Geek Squad badge. I'm, I'm very proud. It's it's a proud thing. I'm, I'm badge number 2592, so. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> so then, I guess that's one thing with Geek Squad. Like, with a lot of these... Uh... A lot of these retail type companies, like I was talking to a uh, an Apple Store employee, mm-hmm. and again, you see the retail person, and you're like, oh, that sucks, why the hell are you here? And what you don't see is there actually is a lot of opportunity that's just simply behind the curtain so you don't see it. Mm-hmm. So with Geek Squad, you were there for like, Three three years and three months. Exactly three. Yeah, yeah right. Three. Yeah. yeah. So so, how much opportunity for advance? Because obviously, you go into Geek Squad, you just see the person behind the desk. But mm-hmm. they do do small business support. They do do. They actually do a lot of things people don't realize. Mm-hmm. How long could you stay there reasonably and, and, and progress in your career if you wanted to?
1: Yeah, sure. It's great. So my my first job there wasn't the special agent. It was actually I was behind the counter. Okay. I was the guy behind the counter taking. And you know, trust me, was I thrilled about that? Because I'm like, well, I'm in retail. This is something that has such a bad reputation. This is what you don't want to be doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I, I just did the best work that I possibly could. And yeah. you know, people around me complained about how they didn't like to be there. They didn't, you know, oh, this is, you know, I'm gonna be doing this and that. And you know, yeah. I didn't do anything. I'm not, you know, I'm not patting myself on it. I'm just saying this is what, what I did. Yeah. And within six months, I, I was able to get a new role in there, the on-site role. Yeah. And I was out of that. You know what I mean? Okay. So. I will say that, for me, my experience well there's there's lots of room for uh, advancement, yeah if you do a good job, if you are honest, all those qualities you want an employee i yeah. I'd say my experience was, was fabulous i had I had great advancement opportunity yeah, yeah. um is that the experience of everybody? I, of course, it's not, but my experience was very good okay, yeah yeah. <laughs>
0: So then you go from there, and then Windows Systems Engineer for three right. years at SWC Technology Partners. So who's who's that? What were you up to there?
1: Yeah, sure. So SWC Technology Partners is a great uh, uh, company there, and it's actually in Oakbrook, Illinois. There, okay. and they um, are they cater to small, medium business, hmm. and uh, the Microsoft partner, Cisco partner, and I believe they're a VMware partner now. Hmm. But um, I was uh, that was kind of my big break. That was that hmm. was where when they called me and offered me the salary that they offered me I was like you know you know what I'm saying I felt yeah. like it was a really like it was kind of like okay, now I feel like I've got some experience yeah, yeah. and now I can command a, a higher market you know yeah. a better value you know so that was I feel that like was like kind of the first role where it was like I was I felt like I was making good I felt very rewarded basically yeah. so um, but yeah basically went there um, was there for about three years and was uh, I was actually on site at a customer one of the customers for about three years there. Okay. Uh, so I was, I was a consultant and basically handled, uh, basically officially SaaS support there. But hmm. it was interesting, again, applying the idea of I'm gonna do the best I can while I'm here. Yeah. While well, initially my role was to be kind of this like go-to person between SWC and the college. So basically, let's say, for example, they had a network upgrade project. My job was to project manage that and get the right people plugged in Consultants plugged in, yeah. but I didn't want that. I wanted to do the work. I wanted huh. to be, you know, I, so I say, listen, yeah. you know, with, with the right attitude, I say, please allow me to work on this you know, project. I will do a good job for you. Here's, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be accountable, all the things that are necessary. And so I got a chance to work on, on a network upgrade project, very large wireless LAN project, yeah. a virtualization project, storage area network project, technologies that I, you know, years ago never even heard of before. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it was really, again, applying that principle of, being the best engineer you can, doing the best work you can, yeah. um, being ambitious—you know, having that that eagerness to want to learn, yeah. applying all that stuff—it was it's very rewarding there. Okay, so that's that's yeah. kind of in a nutshell what that what that role was about.
0: So then, so how did you go from Geek Squad to SWC? Did you actually put out your resume? Did they find you on LinkedIn? What was that?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So I actually, at the time, it was Dice, DICE Dice.com, and I think Dice is still around, I'm pretty sure, but I put my resume on uh, Dice, um, and they actually called me on Dice. Yeah, they, they, they called me up, and... At that time, yeah, I was looking for something else. I wanted to kind of make the next jump up, yeah, so, yeah.
0: So, I guess that's one of the questions. So, a lot of the newer people, they're at places like Geek Squad or whatever, and they mm-hmm. are scared crapless about if they put their resume out, their boss will find out, and then they'll sure. be scrubbing toilets for the next, you know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think that's something to worry about? Um, I mean, I think, I think
1: it's a valid concern yeah. because everybody's interested in retaining talent. Yeah, yeah. But you got to do what you got to do, you know. I mean, if if you wanna, yeah. you know, if you wanna, if you want to put your resume out there, I mean, uh, I think it's worth having a fair conversation. You know, yeah. if, if I, my my opinion is this, if you have a manager that is going to scold you because you're trying to get the best for you, yeah. then you need to change your manager anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, I know that's maybe behind the sky advice when you're, you know, when you're in a hot seat. But that's that's how I've always felt. I mean, if your yeah. manager is not on your side and he cannot accept that, hey man, I want to get the best for me, yeah. I want to get the best for my family, then it's, it's time for a change anyway. So but okay. I. I so to answer your question, I think that I understand the concern, but you also need to realize that you have to look out for yourself and do what's best for you, and everybody should be on your side. And yeah. if somebody is, is not pointing you in the direction of allowing you to do what's best for you, make those, de- those best decisions for you, yeah. then it's, it, they're, they're irrelevant anyway.
0: So do you think, especially at that level, should you give the manager a heads up you're looking for a job, or should you just give them the flat notice?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a challenge. In my opinion, I have never given the manager that. Hey, I think I'm going to quit like in six months. I, I don't think that that's reasonable. No manager should expect that from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you're not. I don't think you're required to do that because I think that that will kind of you know, <laughs> you know. I, I think you're giving them a little bit too much courtesy. Oh, you know, okay. Because. Now they say, well, you know, we have these projects coming up, but we're just going to kind of send you around these. Man. And then what happens if something doesn't work out? And all of a sudden you can't make change. Now you're kind of, you know, the, you know, it makes, it makes you look bad. So so I would say that, um, you know, you know, it, it, it really depends on how you, you phrase this. But telling a manager, hey, I'm going to quit in six months because I'm looking, uh, maybe that's not the, right, not the right way to do it. Man. I mean, I, I have never done that. You know, yeah. I, I've, so I guess I'm not sure if I answered your question well, but <laughs> yeah, I, 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 th- I think that you need to... Um, have these conversations, maybe more subtly, you know, yeah. instead of just, hey, I'm gonna quit in six months. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking back about what I did. Um, I mean, the conversations I had when I was with Geek Squad, um, you know, I didn't really have a central manager per se, it was a little mm-hmm. more diffuse, so it wasn't like, I think okay. everybody kinda knew you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, everybody yeah. kind of knew, hey, this guy, we can see he's much more, he's kind of outgrown his role, so yeah. we know he's gonna change. And in fact, after I quit, I, I'm yeah. still in, in contact with this, they said, yeah, Charles, we knew, we, we knew that you were gonna move on, we knew that. So, yeah. so I, I suppose it wasn't relevant in that case. Yeah. Um, it, it, for, from SWC, when I quit there, um, I didn't really have any conversations, except when I said, hey, I'm ready to move on, here's my two weeks. Yeah. But it ended up being, you know, I stayed, I think, another six weeks there, I think. You know, just, okay, yeah. you know, just to, hey, we need to finish up some projects, and leave on good terms. So yeah. I mean, you know, but that, that was my experience. You know, so I, I don't know if I answered you too well there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's
0: good. So I guess that is a question though, with with the actual notice. So back in the day, two weeks was a standard, but yeah. now with technical stuff, and the fact of the matter is, you may actually be the only one that knows a lot of things. Do you think two weeks is still reasonable, or should you give four weeks? Would you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. So I would I would say you should work with you need to get the temperature of yeah. your employer and be flexible. Okay. But I think two weeks in most cases is not reasonable. Yeah. I mean, unless you have a, you know, something that you just, you know, again, head it, you know, <laughs> hat in hand, yeah. good attitude, yeah. and not screw you. But if you really have something, I've got to take this opportunity, and I've got two weeks, then yeah. they should work with you. But I think that two weeks is, is for most IT jobs where you've got a highly technical role. Yeah. Let's face it, this, some of these jobs are very hard, difficult to fill. Yeah. And so yeah. someone with two weeks, who's got the keys of the kingdom, it's really challenging oh. to not make things go into chaos. So I would say that, for me, it's usually been uh, longer than that, yeah. so. Huh.
0: So then you were, so you were with SWC for like three and a half years, mm-hmm. but then you flipped over to uh, NCMC as a WAN field engineer, but only, because it, it's kind of weird, you've got all this stuff long, 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 years, 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 and then you got this one four months. Sure. What, yeah. was, what was that story then? Yeah,
1: so I wanted to move down here, and okay. I, took, I took a contract role oh, okay and um, it was something that I you know was, everything was is good, no problems with it. but when I got this when I landed this role, yeah. I, I had the opportunity to work with Cisco, interview with them okay. and so I was there already and I, and, you know when Cisco called me, I was like, listen I'm, I just you know so I had to try let me be a back to you. I had tried to work at Cisco. A few years earlier, and I okay. interviewed four times, and they didn't hire me.
0: Okay.
1: And so, you know, they came calling again after I had gotten this role down here in North Carolina. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, I would like to work for you. I would like to work for you. I, yeah. I would like to work, a big name. You know, there's lots of you know, good reputation down here. But uh, the last time I, I interviewed with the guys, you, you know, it was four interviews, and I didn't get hired. So, yeah. sure, I'll talk with you, but I'm not hopeful. So it turned out that, you know, after a few interviews, they hired me. So, yeah. I, I, you know, so that answer your question, it was really about. I was on a contract role versus getting a full-time role. So that's, yeah. that's how that turned out. Ah,
0: okay. So that well,
1: was... there's a key point, though. Something to keep in mind here. Yeah. The opportunities usually don't come up at a convenient time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, you don't necessarily get the transition nice and clean. Yeah. Sometimes it happens when it's not very convenient. So you have, to, you have to weigh that. That's life, right? You have to weigh that. You know, it yeah, may yeah. not happen. That great opportunity is not going to, okay, I'm sitting here... And I'm waiting and it's just gonna fall on my lap. Yeah. It just doesn't happen like that. It usually happens when, you know, you just had a kid or you know, yeah, <laughs> and I have yeah, three, so sure. or you
0: know, something else is happening. So you gotta yeah. keep that
1: in mind. So that that was a the circumstance there. Oh right.
0: but then you were saying you took that to come here. So you're in Chicago. So nice, big, nice, big, juicy, techie city. So why yeah. would you come down here? What was the plan there? Funny story about that too. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to move down here because I have family. No, and okay. you know, and I I, I love Chicago, great city, but when you start considering the cost of living mm-hmm. and you know i have family down here it was just it was really kind of a you know 40 60 maybe you know something yeah. like that 45 55 split and we just we decided i literally i think i had to flip a coin because it was like mm-hmm. i wanted to stay yeah. but we knew that we just had our first daughter so my wife and i got to the point where you know we needed to kind of get like settled in yeah. my daughter's going to be 1 year old and so whatever we do right now is going to be pretty much permanent. So yeah. we decided to come down north to North Carolina.
0: okay. And that's an interesting thing. We were talking about this off camera before, about how this is actually an affordable place. So if you look at most tech centers in the country, you look at Silicon Valley, and you're gonna pay a million dollars for a box. If you look at Seattle, you're gonna pay $800,000 for a box.
1: You see the guy at Google that lives in a the truck? There's What's that? The guy at Google that lives in a the truck? There's oh, that... I've heard of that, yeah, yeah, so he actually literally lives in a box. <laughs> It's like a U-Haul truck, he put AC in and a generator, so yeah, yeah. you're right, yeah, it's a box. I mean, you know, absolutely.
0: But so that's the thing, is you look at, you know, Seattle, Silicon Valley, even Austin, Boston, New York, all the major, places you think of major tech centers, and they're ridiculously expensive, not like expensive, ridiculously, and then around here, am I missing something? It seems like shockingly affordable. And, And when you've got so much, you've got tech, you've got Cisco, you've got NetApp, you've got all these companies here, and yet, like, this is actually like a, a livable place, which doesn't make sense. Is that true?
1: I actually, the more I think about it, I don't know either. I really don't know. Because you would think with all the, I mean, if you've got so many, you know, RTP down here. Yeah. And the pharmaceutical, not just tech, but pharmaceutical. Yeah. I don't know the answer. I don't know why that is. Right. But, I mean, are you going to complain if you have to live, <laughs> you live down here? Oh, so, yeah. yeah, but it is true. I mean, you you can make about the same money. In fact, I'm making, when I came down here, I didn't take a pay cut. <laughs> I made mm-hmm. the same money. Yeah, And, um you know my housing is half and my taxes are with us you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. so go figure I, 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 I the bottom, I don't know the answer I don't know why this but it's,
0: it's just a reality so I yeah, yeah, I right. mean you know why why <laughs> why complain <laughs> well is is there any kind of weird trade-off here because I mean I've been wandering around and it all seems very nice is sure there, yeah, yeah. Is there like some downside you know see.
1: Out, I would say, so culturally wise, you know, the food, you don't have the food you have like in Chicago. I'm just saying, for, we were Chicago, I mean, you don't have all the, just the, the different, uh, you know, there was, for example, like a Lebanese restaurant, my wife and I, we yeah, loved and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, there, not that there aren't pockets of culture around here. It's, yeah. I would say, you know, it's not Chicago, you know? Okay. So I would say if you're used to that big city, you'll definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. Um a Minor one, well, not minor for, for people who allergies, but the, the pollen is terrible around here. You oh, see really? the yellow stuff around here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See that? I'm <laughs> so, driving out tonight, yeah. yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The pollen is, uh, the humidity, you know, those are the, some things. But yeah. I mean, you know I, you know, I would say, other than those, those, you know, relatively minor. I mean, I can't really think of any like, uh, you know, terrible trade-offs, you know, yeah, you've got yeah. a good social group here, you know, there's lots of universities, so, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a nice area, nice
0: area. Yeah, okay. So then, so you were at NCEMC when Cisco right. called you up to want to hire you.
1: That's right, yep, they called me up, Yeah. Um, and um, they said, hey, we've got this job with our, we're, we're, we have this new server line, UCS server, we see you've got VMware, yeah. you know, you've got this this experience, you've got this little niche where you've got VMware experience, hmm. you've got server experience, but you also you've got like heavy networking, yeah, and you know, okay, yeah. and there's there's people there's a lot of people in there, but it's it's harder to find than you might think that you've got lots of server experience and lots of like you know this core like BGP you know service provider type experience that's yeah. actually harder to find. So I said we, we want we're interested in talking to you because we need someone that can kind of bridge the gap. We we you know we're, you know being Cisco, yeah. they had a hard time finding server people, right? Because they, again their servers are new, and I said you know that's interesting because I know nothing about your server, so why do you want to hire me? They're like, well, you know,
0: yeah.
1: nobody knows anything about it, so we're willing to teach you. So, yeah. so it's just, you know, they came knocking, did an interview, and I think in that it was, you know, it worked to my advantage to where I really had nothing to lose. And I'm not saying I was careless or yeah. flippant. I just was, I went to the interview. I was professional, yeah. but I really had no expectations. I was just... Uh, you know, I'm going to interview, and they're probably not going to hire me. Yeah, yeah. But I'll interview, and then you know, I sat down with the panel. It was, I think, two hours. It was fairly grueling. They started asking me questions about things, and you know, one by one, all of a sudden, I was like, "Wow, this interview is going well." They're asking mm. me things about th- that I know. You know, multicast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. VMware. They're asking me problems that I've had in the field, and I said, yeah. "Wow, this is this is interesting. This maybe I have a shot with this." So. Huh.
0: So, did you run into any problems, especially at four months? Because what a lot of people don't realize is when you're a contractor for another company, there's all kinds of weird. I'm not sure it's non-competes the right thing, but basically, like if Cisco steals you, that they then have to pay a stupid amount of money to the contractor, all that kind of stuff. Did you run into was did you see any of that? Did you have to deal with any kind of jumping through weird hoops?
1: Yeah. So officially, because I had my resume at Cisco, yeah. officially I had applied at Cisco so oh. it was it wasn't that they were recruiting me away really? so okay. officially that and they they they're, they're, Cisco's very ethical about that they they oh, yeah. they will they are above board about things um, so i would say that there are those dynamics though okay. uh, let me give you an example yeah. when i was with SWC um, we had a few engineers that were supporting a customer, and the customer wanted to hire them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they worked out a compensation. So, so yes, there are those dynamics. Yeah, Another okay. issue is if you, for example, are working with a Cisco partner, Cisco will understandably not hire from a partner. They, they will not poach from a partner because mm-hmm. it, it's just not the right thing to do, right? So, so yes, mm-hmm. I, I would say, Personally, I haven't run into many obstacles, but I know of them. And so yeah, those things usually can be worked out just depending on the parties. Um, And there is almost always a compensation piece to it, so. (laughs) That
0: (laughs) works. So, okay, so you were doing you were doing hands-on stuff with uh, Cisco Unified Computing, UCS, and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then, so you're there for almost five years, four and a half years, and then you go and be an education specialist.
1: Right, so, yeah, so I've been at Cisco about five years, and so yeah. I was two years with the UCS team. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, you know, I really still had this passion for, like, core route switch stuff, you know. Okay. And so there was a role that came up that actually um, was a route switch instructor role. Hmm. And I said, boy, I'm interested in that, I'm gonna jump on that. So okay. I did that for about two years. Yeah. And so that, that just kind of brought me back from the server world, virtualization world, back into core route switch stuff. So it was yeah. just another kind of, you know, get, me, get back into an area that I was a little rusty on. But I, it was something that I really wanted to get back into. And uh, so yeah, I did about for two years. Yeah. And then um, after that, I actually went back to TAC just because I wanted to get into the data. So right now, currently I'm with it. So I TAC, yeah. teaching, TAC. Tech, so. tech.
0: So then did you did you find any issues with that, like going from hands-on to education? Yeah,
1: it was interesting because when you're in education, yeah. I, I was talking to some other engineers and they made the comments and we were discussing I, I forget what we're discussing, it was and they were actually from NetApp and yeah. we were discussing like um, you know just some Nexus stuff and they said, Well, you know, you're, you're a teaching role. You know, right. are you really like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you think you'd actually be able to do like an engineering job again? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, they don't really respect teachers, do they? <laughs> you know that. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say that there was definitely, with certain pockets, you have a perception where you're teaching, so maybe you're not, maybe you don't have real practical skills. You know, maybe yeah. you're just, you're kind of out of touch. Maybe you're kind of like, you know, Pedantic and high you know, pie in the sky, but not really down to earth with the, the types of problems we have. So, so I'd say mm-hmm. there is that perception, potentially have a perception of why are teaching.
0: So. Yeah, okay. Do you think that could help, that could damage your career if you were doing it for too long?
1: Boy, I would, that's a good question. Um, I think that if you only taught, I think yeah. so, yeah. Really? I think so. I think that, you know, if you're going to teach, I think that it gives you credibility if you've actually if you've worked in the industry, you know, yeah, if, yeah. or, or maybe, maybe you don't do maybe maybe do consulting on the side, yeah. but I do think that to stay relevant, I think you need to have a good foundation actually practically working with the technologies. If you just right. if you're just academic, you know you got a right. book and you read a book for exam, I think it does hurt you a little bit. Right. I, think, I think it's good to have that real world experience again. There's a number of ways to get that, but I think that you need to have something to be able to teach from a first-hand standpoint. Otherwise, you're not gonna be relevant as a teacher. If you can't talk about you know, if you're about a routing protocol, what problems have you seen in the real world? You know, how have you troubleshot this? If you don't have those experiences, it's gonna be, be difficult to, to be a good instructor.
0: So then when you were doing the, the teaching, were you just going, was it paint by numbers essentially, or were you creating your own training programs? Yeah, good question. So the
1: uh, the, the program, what I was teaching, we we, ha- we have we had boot camps. Yeah, yeah. You know, for example, we had a routing protocols boot camp. So there was a fairly, uh, I wouldn't say there was a lot of structure, but there was a fairly you know laid out what we're going to teach. So for example, in our boot camp, we mm-hmm. taught EIGRP, OSPF, BGP, yeah. um, and I had a good deal of leeway on how I taught those. Okay. okay so yeah. I would say from a high level the content was, you know, what we're gonna cover was, was fairly structured, but how I taught it was, was up to me. And uh-huh. so one of the things that you know, I like to do is, is, is you know, try to avoid using lots of slides, for example, yeah. and use hands-on, let me show you how this protocol works. So I would say there was uh, just a high-level kind of, here's, here's what we want to end up at, yeah. but in terms of the content, I, I really just kind of did my own thing, and that seemed to work well.
0: Right. So then you've, you've had the hands-on, you've had the education, now, and you've been with Cisco now for Quite a while, right? Six, seven years. It's,
1: it's my, I'm in my fifth year now, yeah. yeah.
0: So do you plan to, will you stay with Cisco for a long, long time? Yeah, I don't see going anywhere. I'm really happy with Cisco. Really? I mean, I don't see. Um... Cause how, cause we've had a lot of people, and maybe it's, maybe it's a difference in how long people have been there, but mm-hmm. I've talked with some people, and a lot of people like it, but then there's a lot of people that say, you know, oh, it was a lot better and now mm. it's become and you can really see it on their face they're not just kind of being snarky about it they really are like cisco has changed sure. but you seem very happy with it do you not see yeah i mean at a or- big
1: i would, i was would, let me put it this way um, at a very big company i mean you can definitely get pockets of culture let's put it that way and yeah. i have nothing bad to say about cisco i've had i have only positive experiences yeah um, i have great managers the culture is fabulous yeah you know, I'm not saying that people can't have a bad experience, but that can happen anywhere, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I understand that there, there's that element to people say, well Cisco's not what it used to be, you know, it was in the good old days, but that's, people also don't remember things as you know, yeah. the well, same too. Enough. So yeah. so I, I would say, overall, I, I I couldn't have asked for a better employer, let's put it that way.
0: So then what do you face? so you're like 39, 40-ish, um, and mm-hmm. so you're getting to that, oh, and I know I'm about there, you get to that really like weird point where, mm-hmm you know, most people figure, you know, from your 20s to your 40s, to about 40, you're doing all the hands-on stuff, and mm-hmm. then from 40 on, you start transitioning to management. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with somebody yesterday who was like 55 and still doing hands-on, and he even said, being 55 and hands-on, he does get a little scared for his job. Mm-hmm. So, are you looking at transitioning? Like, what do you see your next decade? What do you think, you, what, what would you What would you expect your next decade to look like?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I, I would not, I mean, I understand that that mold is kind of there, yeah. but I just can't see fitting into that mold. You know, I want mm-hmm. to do what is um, is intellectually satisfying, yeah. and I don't see, for example, going to management. Huh. Um, okay. I would say that. Uh, I mean, you had a, you had. A, let me try and address all those things. So one yeah. of you mentioned was job security. Kind of like you know, you get you get a little bit older and maybe less energy, and you know, okay. um, you know the younger guy comes in. I mean. I'm sure that element's there, but we won't solve that problem right now. <laughs> I would say that if you are very good at what we do, I mean, you need, you need good people everywhere, yeah. right? I think if you're, very, if you're relevant, you have relevant skills, and you're an excellent problem solver, yeah. you know, A plus engineer, I mean, there's a lot of B plus, B minus engineers out there. If you can be an A plus engineer, yeah. you're gonna be very in demand. So I don't see myself going into management. I like what I'm doing, I like the, like yeah. the everyday challenges of working on customer problems. Now, that might not be in the same role, yeah, but I really like to work on actual problems. So that's, I, in a nutshell, that's my answer. That's right. <laughs>
0: okay. So, would you do you think maybe like project management, or just just stay with attack kind of hands? on
1: I or? really like staying with tech, Yeah, really? yeah, I really yeah. do. I just I don't see myself project managing. Yeah. Um, I, I, actually that's distasteful to me. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, distasteful. That is not. something that I would like. I would I, I would not like to do. I know I'm not really? sure. Well, more okay. I would probably more enjoy management than anyone else. You know. So now I will say, and tech, a lot of our managers are former tech engineers. and we joke with them, you know, how untechnical they are now. So, I mean, you know, that's the best answer I can give you. I just, right now, I enjoy solving challenging problems. It's the only thing that really kind of gets me up in the morning, you know, is that, you know, and you go to bed at night, maybe you worked on a problem, something, you know, some switch is doing something that, wow, I've never seen that before, and it just really gets you going. It's really fun. When things don't behave, and to solve that problem for the customer, you know, and um, work with other engineers, yeah. it's very, it's very satisfying. So I just, I can't see getting outside of that.
0: Oh, okay, but then with Cisco, then because one of the issues too with hands-on is you start having kids, you start getting mm-hmm. and work-life balance. The thing is, the more hands-on you are, you, you usually the worse the work-life balance is. So h- sure. how, how does that work out for you in Cisco?
1: Yeah, sure. Good question. So I mean, the work-life balance, obviously, in terms of having kids and everything. Yeah you have to figure out where your sacrifice is gonna be. One of the things that I don't have anymore is yeah. I cannot go home and study for six hours at night. Yeah. You know, I mean, so so for example, right now I've got, i got, you know, you, you know my search, I've got VCP, I've got MCSE, yeah. I've got CCA, CC, uh, CCMP. Yeah. Um, I don't have my CCI yet, because yeah. I don't have the time to invest to get that as quickly. Is it on the roadmap? Absolutely. Am I yeah. working on it? Absolutely, I am. I got my masters a few years ago, okay? Yeah. I had to make a decision, that, that's right after we had our our second child, yeah. I can get my master's now or I can go for the CCIE. I, I decided to get the master's degree. Okay. And I said, I'm gonna get the master's now and I will, the CCIE, is, it's still on the roadmap, I'm still working on it, yeah. it's just gonna take more time. Yeah. So I'd say that you know, there are those sacrifices to where you just don't get to study as much as you used to, right? Yeah, yeah. But I will say this though, one offshoot benefit is is that when you have less time when you're at work, you know that you're not gonna be able to go home work with this problem. Yeah you become super efficient. You become super focused. I found that I'm able to be much more focused because I know that I have 90 minutes working on this problem. And if I do not solve it now, it's gonna be staring at me tomorrow. So you become more efficient. So I, I would say that it's not as bad as you know once you have kids and things, it's not as bad. But, but yes, there are all those very real sacrifices, you know, choices you have to make. Where are you gonna prioritize it? So. Yeah.
0: Oh, and then, so that's interesting because I've been talking with people and you guys apparently are like the smartest people in the world down here, because you have folks like getting their CCIEs in like six months, and mm-hmm. like double CCIEs. And like literally, I was just talking to one person with a double CCIE, explaining why a triple C, he could do a triple CCIE, but then people look down on you if you have a triple C. am <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, at least where I'm from, like a CCIE is like, wow. So why, so in 2010, you decided to go for Network Engineering Management Master's degree. Mm-hmm. So why, why, why that, does especially if you want to stay hands-on curiously enough, because you want to stay hands-on, I would have thought you would go CCIE. Why should sure. you go Masters? So the
1: Masters is, doesn't expire, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> you know, I mean, a Masters, I would say that the CCIE is, I mean, obviously it's an industry-wide recognition, but the Masters is gonna have wider appeal in, in other domains, right? So yeah. if, if I take a Masters degree to let's say I don't know a healthcare you know I want a position in healthcare yeah the hr is going to understand a master's degree versus probably understand a master's degree over ccie so i okay. would say that there are some advantages of having that master's degree and again it's you get it and it's done i don't have to renew it so yeah. <laughs> but it it wasn't like it wasn't like black or white don't it wasn't like oh i must get it. i i wanted to do both but i had to yeah. make a decision so oh, yeah.
0: And then you went to DePaul University. Uh-huh. Was, there any, was there any decision process on that? Why that versus somewhere else?
1: Sure, yeah, so funny, the, the person that hired me at Wright College 10 years earlier, yeah, yeah. I just sent them a random email and I asked her, I said, listen, I'm looking at a master's degree, can you tell me what schools are, you know, like for, for technology, for yeah. networking, what are you seeing as good? And, and she gave me a list of five schools. Huh. And quite yeah. honestly, DePaul was the least expensive. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's, that's what I went with. Um, oh, okay. And that's that's all. I I need. I wanted to settle on a master's degree, and you know that a degree is, um, uh, you know, you forget half of, you know, after a few years. So I mean, it's something that you get, and uh, you know, the the classes I took were were network engineering, and so um, it was just kind of like that credential you get that is, you know. From the Paul, you know, I got it, and just just to have it there, you know, and I you know, I felt, you know, I'm not trivializing, but it's it's an important part of your resume, right? Yeah, it's man. it's something to have on there. It's, I think and I think it adds balance to your resume. So, you know, okay. not you, you know, you have to have experience, yeah. you know, college and certification. I think I think that that those three things together. You know, if you have all experience, okay. and the, you don't have the other two, then you know it's harder to get a job let's face it right so
0: Fair enough. now was that was that an online or an in-person school
1: yeah it's actually both um they actually good? the program i was in and that was that was another important aspect because i knew that i wanted to be mobile yeah. is that it was actually a distance learning program or in class okay identical class they record the classes and mm-hmm. then you can do it so after one year of doing that i realized it's way better to sit in my underwear and go to class versus having to you know take the train downtown every night oh, just way yeah. better so i mean you know i, I think you know There's no reason to go to class anymore. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. So then you got, okay, so that's your master's, but then you've got a whole, whoops, where is it? There's somewhere in here. You got a pile of certifications. Somewhere you got a pile of certifications. So you have a lot of stuff. So you've got your CCMP, your CCNA, your VMware, your MCITP, your MCSE. So where did those certifications come in? Did you get those because you needed them? Just because? How did that feel?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I didn't sit down with some, grand plan, say, boy, in 10 years, I'm going to have eight certifications. It wasn't anything like that.
0: Yeah.
1: It was fairly pragmatic. It was okay. kind of like the first certifications, the A+, for example, lower level ones. Yeah. Now I say lower, I don't mean anything condescending. I just mean they were yeah. just entry-level certs. Yeah. I got those, as I mentioned before, just to have something to show for my efforts, to get, to get into the industry. I felt those were, those, those were a natural result. Some of the Microsoft certs were a partner requirement. We had to have those. Yeah, so it wasn't that I just got it because, hey, I want to, you know, show. I got it because we're a partner and we need this and say, I'll do it, you know. And so um, those are a few of the Microsoft searches. And then I maintain the Microsoft searches because once you earn it, you kind of want to, you know, it doesn't make sense to let it expire. Uh The Cisco certification, on the other hand, there was no requirement for those. (laughs) I got my CCNA just because someone said, hey, we want you to get some more networking skills. But that was the one that really was, to me, the... I don't know the you know, I don't know life changer I don't know I, I don't want to sound corny or anything but that was the one that really yeah. opened my eyes to networking. Huh. And I got the CCNA and I I, I built a lab. Yeah. And um, on eBay I got all the equipment yeah. and I I really sat down and buckled down. And it was the first certification that I thought, wow, this is I just this is very difficult. Hmm. I just got my teeth kicked in. When I went and failed it, first <laughs> I just got my teeth kicked in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the same time, you know, you go one of two directions there. You're going to give up or you're going to try harder. Yeah. And I was almost like, why? Am I really cut off of this? And I said, no, I'm gonna keep going. I'm, I'm gonna get, and so you know, I set up the hardware, I got the router switches, and it was just, it was so fun, the journey was fun, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. so that's that's what really got me kind of into a, you know, turn the corner into IT, and it's kind of this whole new world of, of different technology, you know, routing protocols and, and BGB things, I never heard of before. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's what the, you know, kind of Cisco. And mm-hmm. then after that, I said, well, if CCNA is this good, I guess the CCMP is good. And then I just got completely humiliated when I first took the CCMP routing exam. I just got destroyed on it. But, oh, yeah. but again, it was it had to do the whole thing over, yeah. but at a higher level. Okay. So that's that's it.
0: That's cool. And then you so you have a VMware certif- uh, certificate too for mm-hmm. Professional Five. Um, there's a big question. So I get from a question from a lot of people. They want to get into cloud computing, and so they all want to go for that VMware certification. Mm-hmm. Is that a good certification if you just want to go class? Is it a good generic certification, or should you only do it if you're gonna use VMware?
1: Well, I mean, VMware is so prolific. I mean, almost everybody has some virtualization in their network, and the biggest, I mean, the, the, the biggest vendor is VMware. It's yeah. the most widely deployed. Okay. So in my, in my mind, just by virtue of the, the deploy base, it makes sense to get familiar with something that you're probably gonna run into in the field. Okay? Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, in my, in my case, for the VCP. Uh, the reason why I got it was because uh, Cisco is an ASP for VMware, so we actually were supporting VMware. Okay. So it was a requirement to, uh, to maintain that we had to have our VCP. Mm-hmm. Now I may have done it anyway, yeah. but that was what really fueled that. And of okay. course, the, there's a class requirement with that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, but I will say for the VCP, you, know, you mentioned like cloud computing, listen, there's so much to know out there, so many mm-hmm. different products there's no way you're gonna get a cert that is like, boy, I want this to be 100% relevant. Listen, man, you're gonna get a cert, and you may never touch, let's say, 80% of that, yeah. but it's gonna help you become a better engineer. You know, you're gonna sit down, if, if you do it right, if you do it right, yeah. sit down, set a lab up, you know, watch someone, watch a good instructor for those areas that you need get training on. Highly, video on demand is, is, I'm not saying this because we're an idea, I'm saying it because <laughs> video on demand is, I mean, it's the way to go. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the best thing. And if you can afford a boot camp, by all means, do a boot camp. But the, um, the you know, in terms of the clouds stuff, there's so much to know out there. Just pick something that interests you, okay. and you, you, you'll be you'll, you will be. I think you'll be satisfied. But don't expect that. Boy, I'm going to get a certain now. Boy, I'm the you know I'm I'm the you know you have so many different cert, you know, so many different providers. There's Amazon and yeah. I mean Open. I mean there's so many things you just you can't expect to get a certified in all of it. So. Okay.
0: Now, that's one thing with, with Cisco because you got these certifications, and so I was talking with people before about whether Cisco helps you train in things like Juniper, and, uh, but like with MCSE and all that kind of stuff, do they do they have um, oh tuition assistance or whatever? Like if you didn't have your MCSE, would they help you get your MCSE?
1: So are you talking about like Cisco, would they give you assistance on get?
0: Yeah, obviously you get Cisco assistance, but sure. if you were going for like something, a different type of certification, would they help you?
1: It all depends on the business case. No, really, no I mean, like if you can, you know, and I think most managers, if you are looking at professional development, yeah. most managers are gonna consider anything reasonable. You know, whether it's, you know, helping you pay for some books, or yeah. a class, or right. um, you know, your certification voucher, of course. Yeah. I, I, you know it's not across i don't think there's any hard and fast rule but i think most if you're if you're going to manage to say hey i want to become a better engineer mm-hmm. and I, I think this will help me and it's it's at least somewhat relevant to your job role i don't see any, any managers have a problem with that so the answer right. to your question is that yes i've had i've had help with you know, paying for vouchers and classes, I that know. sort of thing. So.
0: And so they will pay, help you pay for even, like, books. It doesn't have to be a regimented, you know, this is a boot camp or something.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, again, it's, it's all going to be, I think it's, it's a discretionary, but absolutely. absolutely. And actually, um, one of the nice things about Cisco is that um, we have the Safari, I don't know if you're, the, the um, Safari Online Books subscription. No, Everyone no. gets that. I mean, if you want it, you can get it for yeah. free. So Safari Books Online huh. has basically, you know, there's, 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 Lots and lots of books on our Microsoft. So yeah. that's one resource we have. But yeah, I gonna answer mean, your question. That I think it's all about um, if you show if you got the enthusiasm yeah. and you, you want to do something. What manager is going to stop you if you can make a good? You know, if if you want to professionally develop yourself. Yeah. I mean, they, they shouldn't, right? Hopefully,
0: yeah. yeah. hopefully. <laughs> And then I guess the final thing we're going into is then. So you actually have publications on mm-hmm. your thing. So Microsoft Network Load Balancing on UCS-B series servers um, from Cisco Systems. So now. When you have publications on your LinkedIn profile, is this just is this just a gold star? Hey, it's something nicer than a blog post, or is this something useful for your career?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of my motivations, you know, link, you mentioned LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, you've ju- you just got to be able to market yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be able to, and it's not a pompous or arrogant thing. I mean, it can be, but it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that you need to in the industry you need to be able to demonstrate your value. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so having a LinkedIn page, a resume, is a way to market yourself. Yeah. So I would say that the publication is twofold. It was written to solve a very practical problem at the time. Yeah. But putting it on my LinkedIn page is, hey, this is what I've written, here's what I've worked on. Okay. Does this mean I'm an expert at every aspect of Microsoft? No, it doesn't. It just means that I worked on this problem,
0: yeah.
1: it was an important problem, we solved a problem the customer had, and this is the result of that. Okay. So I would say that it's, there's always a little bit of marketing. and If it's on LinkedIn, it's always marketing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so since this is with Cisco Systems, is this like a white paper I would download or is it part of a book?
1: Yeah, no, this is, this is a, an external, we can call it a white paper. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a page there. Um, and Cisco definitely encourages um, uh, any, any type of public document. Yeah. If it's relevant to a customer problem, uh, we want to get that out there. Yeah. Quite honestly, uh, we don't want you to call us if we can solve it with a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we can solve your problem and you don't have to make a phone call yeah. and we put a document out there, that's, that's better for us, you know. Okay. And so um, there's definitely encourage, Cisco encourages you to, to, to publish if, you, you know, if you've got something important right. that needs to be said. And obviously there's a channel, there's some right channels to go through there. And um, it's really about just providing good information for the customer.
0: That's, that's what it comes down to and now is it is it hard to get published through them, like obviously there has to be some red tape, but is it do you you know get it thrown back at you figure out how to use a comma or anything like yeah, that yeah i mean there's you know we,
1: we have professional writers that there's yeah. just some guidelines you have to follow okay. um, I think that that isn't the hard part though they 'll help you format and, and i mean you know they I've seen them kick back things for formatting issues i've yeah. never had a problem with that, um, but you know I think that if you just understand their formatting, yeah. it's not an issue. Again, because I, I was teaching for a few years there, yeah. I got to know like, some, some people and they helped me, you know, hey, this is all your format, so, so I'd say, yeah, I wouldn't say there's a great amount of red tape. I mean, the most important thing is, is that you have something important to say that should be published worthy. That, that's the most yeah. important, that, that's the hard part. Once you get that, everything else is just details. Okay. So.
0: And then, so with your career, it seems to be trucking along pretty well, so is there anything that you would have done differently? Sure, yeah, I would have gotten, I mean, you
1: know, if, if, we're, if we're investing with hindsight, which you're not, <laughs> you can't do that, but <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. so if we had a time machine to go back, I absolutely would have uh, started way earlier, yeah, invested yeah. in the things that I did about four years earlier yeah, okay. um, because it was a lack of confidence that's kind of stalled it, you know, and mm-hmm. I waited until I just couldn't stand what I was doing to get an IT. Yeah and um, I would have I done it sooner and had more confidence. You okay. know, what I mean, if, if you've got that drive and you, you, know, you want, to, want to accomplish something, I mean, it's a great industry. There's, a lot, there's no shortage of work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like we have a work shortage. So, uh, but I, the answer goes, yeah, I, I would have done it much sooner. That's, sooner. that's
0: what I've invested sooner. And then going forward, so if you had a kid that was 18 or 19, mm-hmm. obviously the technology world in the past decade, like everything else, has changed a lot. So how you got in 10 years ago, like I say, when I tell people how I got in 15 years ago, I would not give you the same advice. It would be stupid advice today. Mm-hmm. So what would you, if you had an 18 year old kid who wanted to get into this, what would you tell them to do? What would be your advice for now?
1: Look, man, there's something that isn't gonna be, got a style, it's, it's good work ethic. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> do not take a job that you think that you're better than. Huh, okay, I mean, yeah. you know, whatever you're doing, do the best of your ability. That would be my advice. So, yeah. so yes, technology changes, I mean, next you know, next year we could be, you know, who knows what's gonna come out. Yeah. That's all gonna change. Knowledge is relative, but your work ethic, your reputation, you're gonna carry that with you forever. You you will not shake that. I mean this industry, especially in this area, yeah. you'd be surprised at how small, you know, this person's heard of that person. Yeah. So first and foremost is reputation, work yeah. ethic. Yeah. And then, you know, along with that is you have to think about problem solving. People want good problem solvers. Yeah. You now whatever domain you're applying it to, okay, you need to learn the technology, you know. Be that learner. So after you get the, I said the character, the personal things right, yeah. you have to be a lifelong student. You're never going to stop learning in IT. I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to change ever. You know, there's always going to be something. Things are not going to get so automated to where we, uh, you know, we don't have to. I, I doubt it. I doubt things are so automated that we don't need good problem solvers. So, yeah. so um, work ethic, reputation, problem solver. Those are the things that that are kind of, I think are kind of timeless.
0: Do you think there's any technology you would focus on, though? Would you still focus on Cisco? I don't know if you're like, you know like you Sure know, yeah. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, sure, it's a good question. Um, but that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I would say this: the way you can kind of insulate yourself from that is don't get too heavily invested in one technology. Hmm. You know, so for that. example, don't I mean years, you know, let's say 10, 15 years ago, if, for example, if you were an awesome routing guy, yeah hey man, that's, you were set. But not, not really so anymore. Yeah. yeah, we have a need for those people, but boy, you need to understand convergence. There's there's things are so wide now. So I would say mm-hmm. um, try to get a good understanding of application how application you know, servers, yeah, okay. but don't invest in one technology mm-hmm. too heavily. Too yeah, heavily. Yeah. You know, okay, if you like Cisco and you're interested in that, sure, get your CCIE. But also try to try to do your VMware. So and actually, by the way, Cisco certifications. We're pulling an SDN now, so it's not going to be you know this monolithic. Cisco is definitely working very hard to keep things relevant. Yeah. Um, so you know, conversion with VMware. So I mean, you know, g- get your VMware and get your Cisco. You know, try try to stay a little diverse. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So I think I think I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: And then the final final question. Then since you've got kids and you moved down here, do you see this as a good area? Like when your kids are adults, when your kids are 30, do you think this will still be a good a good area for technology? I mean, my kids will
1: probably want to move back to the city. I don't know. know, They're probably going to want to move away from us. Yeah, okay. I mean, right now it is. Yeah, yeah. But who knows what's going to happen, right? You know what I mean? I mean, we're, I think, you know, I mean, who knows what tomorrow's going to bring? I mean, by all all accounts, if we look at economics, things are growing here, lots of area for growth. I mean, there's a lot of economic reasons. So I think so, but what do I know? (laughs)
0: Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, thank you for uh, coming here today. Absolutely, thank you. So this was uh, Charles Stizza, customer support engineer at Cisco Systems. Yet another interview that I enjoyed doing. I look forward to seeing you guys in the next one.